everybody. He's Bender. I'm Andrew. She's Claire. No, wait, that ain't it. I'm Brian. She's Allison. He's Mr. Vernon. That ain't it either. This ain't the Breakfast Club. This is Mikey's report. Drew and Ted. Drewster, how are you? Well, well, here we are. Any questions? Yeah. Does Barry Manilow know that you raid his wardrobe? Ted, I'm like a pit bull in a butcher shop. I'm doing <laughs> fine today. Finally doing Breakfast Club. How's a mixture of Bender and Andrew? Dork. Yeah. You are a parent's wet dream. Okay. I was just kind of, they play basketball and football, but I was like right in there with the, yeah, the Bender crowd. I was, yeah, I would have went to the Bender parties. I started out Bender. Like in middle school, I was full on Bender. By the time I got to high school, I, I like went to live with my dad. I became Andrew the athlete. We were talking about this and it's kind of like, it's the movie of our generation. And I'm sure it still resonates today with the younger generations and all that, because like there's a Bender in every school. There's a Claire in every school. There's right. a Mr. Vernon in every school. There's <laughs> those characters go from generation to generation. They may dress a little bit differently. They may talk a little bit differently with the changing times, but they're still essentially the same types of people. The only person they didn't hit on was the girl that dressed like Pat Benatar because she was in every school in 1983 <laughs> or 1984. Which they hit on in 16 Candles. They made fun of that in 16 Candles. <laughs> that's true. Candles. Yes, that's, that's true. Uh, that's very true. But uh, real, real quick, I got a tasty, I haven't had a tasty tidbit in a while. You want a tasty tidbit real quick? Hit it. You got a tasty tidbit on Mr. Vernon, the great Paul Gleason, the yeah. late great Paul Gleason who played Dick Vernon was his name? Was that his name? Yeah. He was married to an actress model named Candy Moore in the 70s. His wife did the modeling for the cover shoot from the Cars Candio album with the lady on the hood. No way, really. The artwork for Cars Candio album is Candy Moore, Gleason's wife. Get and out of here. My, yeah, that's a, <laughs> that's a pretty tasty tidbit I ran across today. And then nothing better than old Vernon. Don't mess with the bull, young man. You'll get the horns. <laughs> I still say that. I used to say that to my kids all the time. <laughs> you mess with the bull, you're going to eat the horns. Well, that guy was so good in that movie. Dick, will milk be made available? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is a great movie. Tootsies, how are you doing tonight? Breakfast Club definitely brought back some memories when we watched it again last night. Tootsies was eight years old when that came out. Wow. 1984. So did it apply to your generation as well, then, Tootsies, since you were a little bit younger than us? <laughs> 100%, yes. <laughs> Ruby was not Claire. She was more of the Ali Sheedy group. <laughs> and there was a lot of benders, definitely. Show Dick some respect. Let's go. <laughs> definitely a lot of benders. And instead of Pat Benatar, there would have been Madonnas. Oh, sure. Yeah, sure, sure. All right, look, we got a great show tonight. We got some Vikings news we got to talk about. We're going to start calling it Spielman's Folly, which is the Kirk Cousins contract and the Kirk saga that's Going to be ongoing that we got a little bit of Kirk news. We got some coaches staff news, and we're going to hit week two of our positional breakdown this week. It's going to be running backs. We've got potential free agents. We got the guys on the roster, and then we got Drew's big board breakdown for running backs. Oh, you're going to so, like the big board. You're going to like it this week, Ted. That's what she said. That's what she said. <laughs> I expected a little more from a varsity letterman. <laughs> Drew, what time is it? <laughs> Dad, I'm cooler than you are, so why don't you fix your little problem and light this candle? He's right. Light this candle. Yes!
Resume the countdown! Alright, I'm cooler than you are. Why don't you fix your little problems and light this candle? He's right. Let's light this candle. He surely is. Light the candle. Yes. Resume the countdown. Chicks <laughs> <laughs> cannot hold the smoke. Chicks cannot hold their smoke. That's, That's what it, what it is. is. <laughs> Now hold this smoke. That's what it is. All right. So here's the deal. <laughs> Love that movie. Our friend who had introduced the game preview each week, Robert W. Farnsworth. He's back from his off-season vacation. He's ready to get back to work. He's going to introduce our Kirk Cousins Spielman's Folly segment. So just hang tight. Let me get Robert on the satellite link up. Farnsworth, yeah? This week, it's Spielman's Folly! The Kirk Cousins contract! $45 million! Will he stay? Will he go? Will he stay and then go? We'll find out. <laughs> Thanks, Robert. Stay safe over there in the Ukraine, wherever you are. Some news broke this week about Kirk. And, man, I, this is just going to be a thing all offseason, I think. Oh, jeez, man. You know, we talked last week in the quarterback segment about Kirk, and we, we, we spent a whole lot of time on it. And I, I think things may have clarified themselves a little bit this past week. A few days ago, a guy by the name of Jordan Schultz on Twitter said, Kirk Cousins has zero intentions of taking a pay cut. Sources said, I'm told an extension could pay Cousins 33 around $40 million per year. A guy by the name of Sean Borman sort of did a what a potential extension would look like for Kirk. And look, the bottom line in all this is that if you extend Kirk, you're just kicking this can down the road one or two years. The Vikings are going to be here with this dilemma if they kick the can down the road. So I would think an extension just doesn't seem feasible at this point, because is this something you want to be dealing with every two years until Kirk retires, Drew? For certain, it's not something I want to be dealing with. Even the restructure, I wasn't real happy about doing that from 45 to 40 million or something. It's, yeah. You know, got all these newbies coming in, but which, by the way, there's a lot of new guys at new positions on this staff. So kind of scary that everybody's in new positions, but then they all got to hook their wagons to Kirk Cousins. Are they excited about that? I mean, yeah. We talked about this. You're a brand new head coach, you're a brand new GM. And if you're the GM, and Quasi Adolfo you have gotten this job by a very unconventional background in terms of analytics and not the traditional scouting route that most GMs take. You got one shot at this problem. If you screw this up, you're probably not getting another GM gig. Can I ask you a question? Sure. How does one become a janitor? I mean, do you want to pitch your wagon to Kirk Cousins? Unless there's a quarterback in the draft that you really love. Yeah. If there's no quarterback in the draft you, you don't like, you can't get rid of Cousins. People say, well, the, the cap's going to go up, so this is going to be that big of a deal. It, it is going to be a big deal because, yeah, the cap's going to go up, but so are second contracts for guys like Christian Derrissaw and guys like Justin Jefferson. You know, you heard Devontae Adams, who's one of the top wide receivers in the NFL, is going to want $30 million a year. Well, what's it going to be in two years? How much money is it going to take to keep a guy like Justin Jefferson? So these problems are still going to be here if you keep Kirk. Right. It seems to me the two options, the two most realistic options are they play Kirk at the 2022 salary, just bite the bullet on the big dollar contract, and he walks as a free agent next year. These kids turned on me. 
and you'll get nothing, but it'd be like a fifth round comp pick because you'll be a 10 year vested veteran at that point. If you think you're going to lose Kirk after 2022, then a trade becomes an option. And now, or per Judd Zolgad via a guy by the name of Adam Patrick on Twitter, the Panthers have reportedly made a call to the Vikings about acquiring Kirk Cousins. Hmm. Oh. Didn't they try that with Sam Darnold? They did. And Teddy, they got Teddy in there. At this point, you got to be looking for a trade partner. If you can trade him and get a first-round pick, the Kirk thing has got to come to a close because he's limited. He's limited, Ted, and he's part of that Zimmer-Spielman thing. It's a real nice attitude. I hate it. The introductory press conference, O'Connell said the right things. You know, I, I know what Kirk can do, and I anticipate him being our quarterback. But he didn't 100% commit to him. Now, if you're a big Kirk believer, you think he did. And if you're a big non-Kirk believer, you think there's no way he committed to him and he's going to trade him. We're going to have to find out in the next couple of weeks or so as, as we get closer to free agency. But if it's true that Kirk isn't going to take an extension, I think the only two possible options left then are him play a 2022 salary and he walks or they trade for him. If I'm the Vikings, I would want to get something in return for a top 10 quarterback. For $45 million, you should be playing for the top four to get to the Super Bowl. Yeah. We got a guy, 45 million, doesn't even make the playoffs. Does that make any sense at all to you? It, it does not to me, no. Come on. No. Let's cut through all the BS, all the stats and everything. 45 million a year, and you can't make the playoffs. And then people say, well, you got to look at the O-line. And you got to look at the defense. I thought about something. Somebody said the other day, you don't have a good enough O-line. Well, maybe that's the quarterback's fault. Maybe that's the reason we should move on. If he can't play with the deficiencies around him, if he can't overcome that stuff, maybe that's his problem. Can we reverse it and look at it like that rather than the problems holding him back? Maybe he's the reason he can't overcome it. Yeah, very possibly. And I, I would argue that the offensive line played probably better than it has at any point since he's been with the Vikings. I thought they were fairly respectable. The Vikings are going to have around a 10 to 13 ranked offensive line this year. They are. They're going to be right on the right on the cusp of top 10, Ted, I'm telling you. Because Davis is going to get in there. I'm worried about the center position, which we'll cover in a few weeks when we get to the O-line or a couple weeks. But the offensive line is ready to turn the corner. Lord knows it took eight years. I like offensively what we're going to do. I just, Cousins thing, I think. <laughs> if you play him this year and have him walk and get nothing for him, you better win the Super Bowl. Yeah, but I don't know that they're that close to contending for the Super Bowl. I wonder, Ted, how much they actually love any quarterback in this draft. Because he was a quarterback at San Diego State. That's his position. Speaking of Kevin O'Connell and the Vikings coaching staff, the big four, the offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, head coach, special teams coordinator have been announced. Wes Phillips is officially now the Vikings offensive coordinator, son of Wade Phillips, who was the son of Bum Phillips, the, the great NFL lineage, a great NFL coaching lineage. And Matt Daniels has been named the special teams coach. And he was the assistant special teams coach at Dallas the last couple of years. Wait, Ted, I heard a, I heard a ruckus. <laughs> could, you, could you describe the ruckus? What in God's name is going on in here? What was that ruckus? Uh, what ruckus? I was just in my office and I heard a ruckus. Could you describe the ruckus, sir? Watch your tongue, young man. Watch it. Oh. What is this? Watch yourself, mister. <laughs> Are you done? Not even close, bud. <laughs> what about when they were watch, watching Allie Sheedy make her lunch? 
She's putting pixie dust on the sandwich. that for lunch more than once nice sandwich too just crunched on the bread chad pixie sticks you down about three of those you are wired up yeah. bro yeah you're ready for practice <laughs> so the, the staff is more or less complete and with some of the hirings i mean it looks like on offense kevin o'connell is going to try and replicate what the rams did and we talked about that not really a west coast offense not really a traditional eric Coriel offense but kind of a hybrid of some of the best of several offenses with a matchup thing that they're trying to get a good matchup on their best players, on the not best players on the defense. Defensively, they're going to try and run a 3-4 a lot more, which they really haven't done since the mid-1980s, 1984, 1985, I believe it was. So it's going to be a new-look Vikings football team. You happy with the coaching staff and and the guys O'Connell has hired and and the direction he wants to take the team? I am glad Kevin O'Connell is keeping it familiar to what he was experiencing with the Rams. You know, McVay called the plays. Kevin O'Connell schemed the game plan. McVay called the plays. He's bringing that to Minnesota. He's going to call the plays. And Wes Phillips moves into the position Kevin O'Connell had with the Rams. Yes. He really believes in that. Not coming in and changing it around. And I'm glad that he's going to be calling the plays like McVay did. Keeping the same kind of system and familiar is a really good thing. Yeah, I do too. And on defense, I wonder about how they're going to move personnel to meet this 3-4 scheme for as much help as the defense needs. And that was going to be interesting to see how they address that to begin with. But now you add in the three, four wrinkles that they want to do. Are they going to look to move guys like maybe Daniil Hunter to an outside linebacker or maybe DJ Wanham to an outside linebacker or whatever? I mean, I'm just speculating. I'm not saying they will. I'm not saying they won't. But they have a lot of decisions to make and how they address those with the personnel on the roster. Personnel, they're not sure who they're who's going to be back, who might not fit that scheme. And then, you know, you've got last year's draft class with, we, you know, we talked about guys like, Chas Rad, Patrick Jones a second. Are they going to be incorporated into this new defense and the draft coming up? I'm excited about the, the change in the regime. You know, mm-hmm. Out with the old, out with the gloom. We talk a lot about the gloom. I wanted to ask you, does the fact that we got all these guys in brand new positions, not players, Mensa's never been a GM full-time, O'Connell's never been a head coach, Wes Phillips has never been a coordinator, depending on what he's going to do. And then there's a couple other guys that are new, too, who've never been in there. Been around football, but they've never taken that role. Did you look at that as being kind of like, oh, man, this thing could just fall flat? You ever have that feeling? Or is your confidence so overflowed where you don't see that as even a possibility of falling flopping? No, it's potential. And I think both Adolfo Mensa and O'Connell did a lot to try and, and mitigate that you don't know what you don't know kind of thing. You know, Dolpha Mensa hired Ryan Grigson, who had been the Colts GM. He's got a guy he can lean on as, hey, look, you were GM. What, what did you do here? And then for O'Connell, he's got experienced guys in Mike Pettin and Ed Donatel, who've either been in the NFL coaching business for 40 years or have been a head coach. And I think you can take the good. You know, O'Connell even mentioned this in his introductory press conference. I, I've learned from every coach I've worked for. And, and you can take the best things of all of that. You know, like I think he talked about Bill Belichick talking about quarterback preparation or, or whatever it was. And he, he mentioned several coaches. I think he can take all that based on his own personal experience and then just sort of do it how he wants to do it with all this help and assistance 
in setting things up. I'm like, man, what's the head coach supposed to do here? Patton, what, what did you do in Cleveland? Well, okay, maybe I'll just do the opposite thing because your time in Cleveland kind of sucked. But, you know, I mean, he's got the experience that he can fall back on, as does Adolfo Metzen. Look at the guys in the Vikings front office. Kevin Warren and Rob Brzezinski, for example, have been around the Vikings for a long time. It's not like it's a brand new front office. The only guy they're really getting rid of was Spielman. I think the chance for them succeeding is better because they have experienced guys they can look at and, and ask for advice if they need to. And the cloud of positivity seems a whole hell of a lot better than it did with Mike Zimmer here. Yeah, it does. Big disconnect with him and Rick. I don't yeah. think they saw eye to eye, not only with Cousins, but with everything. We talked about that like two years ago. We were sensing some kind of disconnect. But yeah. I feel good about the, the overall uh, attitude and how everybody's getting fired up. I'm excited. I'm actually excited for this upcoming season, and I, I'm looking forward to the free agency and the draft. And, and I, I just can't wait to see the vision Quasi and, and O'Connell have and, and then start implementing it and see what it leads to. So we'll see. We'll see where it goes. Let's hope for two hits. Me hitting you. <laughs> <laughs> you hitting the floor. Two hits. Me hitting you, you hitting the floor. Anytime you're ready, pal. <laughs> hey, let me run this Daniil Hunter thing by you. How about yeah. this, Ted? Convert Daniil Hunter's roster bonus and stretch out the earnings across the final four years of his contract. $4.5 million increments. If you do that, Hunter's cap in 2022 will be $12.6 million, which is 23rd among edge rushers. And the Vikings offload $13.5 million on the upcoming season's books. You know, there's a lot of people that already move on from Daniel because he's been hurt the last two seasons. But man, when he's healthy, he is the best defensive player in the NFL, in my opinion. I think those two season-ending injuries were like weird, freak, quirky-type deals that don't happen very often. They just happen to be in back-to-back years. I would keep him. I would redo the deal and lower his cap number because I think a, a healthy Daniil Hunter is a guy rebuild a defense around. He's not a guy you trade off for, for pieces. I think so, too. He's a generation guy, Ted. I think he is, yeah. And I, I think if they convert that to a roster bonus that he gets all that money up front, I, I don't even think he has a say in it. Now, that adds money in out years in the cap, but adding $4 million to a cap in out years is a lot better than pushing a $40 million number down the road two years. So, okay, that's all the Vikings news. We're going to move on now to our Drew's Big Board segment. This week, Drewster, are we doing draft right now? Yeah, we don't got any more Vikings news, do we? I thought we were going to do, like, current roster for running backs. We don't do it in order. Oh, God. What if Bender's dope was on fire? (laughs) What if your dope was on fire? Impossible, sir. It's in Johnson's underwear. (laughs) all right we're moving on from vikings news we're going to talk the running back position like we usually do we talk guys on the roster we talk potential free agents if we think the vikings might go that route and then we'll hit drew's big board of running backs last but certainly not least hell yeah i'm fired up on the on the running backs this week ted really fired up so the current roster is fairly set i would think you got Dalvin Cook, Alexander Madison, and Kane Wangwu is your running back. C.J. Ham is your fullback. Jake Vargas spent most of last year on the practice squad. The Vikings signed a guy about midseason last year named Wayne Gallman. He saw the field, I believe, as much as I did. She lives in Canada. Met her at Niagara Falls. You wouldn't know her. Gallman won't be here, will he, Ted? No, he's a free agent, and I would be shocked if they bring him back, but who knows. You know, one of the other guys people talk about a lot, is Dalvin Cook. And people are like, trade Dalvin Cook, trade Dalvin Cook. Do you think that happens because of his contract? I don't think they're going to trade Dalvin Cook. 
I, I think he's going to be here next year. And why the hell wouldn't you want Dalvin Cook on your offense if you're Kevin O'Connell? Top three running back in football. I think they could get a pretty big haul for him, but I think you keep him. Dalvin Cook is everything you want in a running back. I don't know what's going to happen to the rest of the roster, though. I mean, you think all those guys are on the team? In terms of running back and like terms like Madison and Langwu? Yeah. I do, yeah. I don't see them moving on from Cook this year unless they get blown away with an offer. And honestly, running backs have become so devalued overall in the NFL sure. that, that I don't see anyone coming up for a, a big trade offer for a guy like Dalvin Cook. Do you? Not at his age right now. Isn't he considered for a running back? This is not starting on the downhill start of his career. You can't get rid of that guy for nothing. You're going to have to ask for like three draft picks for that guy. Then who do you replace him with? Here's the theory now with the modern running back. The running back position essentially is just a guy. For a lot of teams, I think that's right. And when you look at the Rams, they didn't really have a guy like Dalvin Cook. They had Sonny Michelle for a good part of the year. And then they had Cam Akers. He came back in time for the playoffs. I don't even think they used a fullback, did they? They did. It wasn't very often. What does that mean for $3 million CJM? Yeah, I don't know. That's a good question. The Kind of the philosophy is you just get guys in the backfield as your running backs and, and don't pay them a lot of money. With your passing game, you can set up the running game to the point where anybody can get yards. So you don't need a guy like Dalvin Cook. Now, if most everybody's thinking that way, though, uh, again, I, I'm going back to not only with a salary, if most teams are thinking that way philosophically, you're not going to find a lot of people that are going to want to trade for a guy like Dalvin Cook. That's true. That's true. I'm always a believer. You draft a guy, four years, get a new guy. That's the one position I believe after four years, move on to the next guy. You know, if you get rid of Cook, trade him or whatever, then it would be like, well, it would be kind of a running back by committee with Madison and, and Wang Wu. And going into a second year, I think that might possibly work. But again, with Dalvin Cook's salary the way it is, I think it's just too much dead money to, to cut him. Cause, so they're not going to do that. I just don't see much of a trade market. I don't know what you would consider a, a good trade in return for Dalvin Cook to the point that it would be worth it. So I just don't see that happening this year. But let's just say, Drew Bunning, for the sake of argument, that Dalvin Cook left via trade or whatever. And the Vikings were in the market for a free agent running back. Any free agent running back jump out at you and say, "Woo, got to have that guy. There's not a guy you can plug in with the receiving and the rushing and the twitch of a Dalvin Cook. Anybody on here, Melvin Gordon, he's kind of got a lot of wear on the treads on the tire. And David Johnson, Jalen Richard, Fournette, Lindsey, Patterson. If Cook gets traded, I'd go the draft route because there are some workhorse guys we're going to talk about in a second. I mentioned Sonny Michelle earlier. He's going to be a free agent. Do you think he's a guy O'Connell might want to bring in because he's familiar with the offense, did fairly well in the offense? Possibly. I mean, he's only 27 years old. He did good in New England and with the Rams, so he's a really consistent player. The guys on the on the free agent list that really only stand out to me is Sonny Michelle because he played for the Rams and O'Connell was with the Rams. He got that connection. I like Ronald Jones from Tampa Bay. He's only 24 years old. And I also like Justin Jackson from the Chargers. What about the folks beating the drums for Cordero Patterson to come back to come the Vikings? Come on, man. Eat my shorts. What was that? Eat my shorts. What about Jet McKinnon? Bring him back. He's a free agent. Yeah, I love Jet. Jack McKinnon did great when he was on the Chiefs this year. I think Wang Chung Wangwu is going to be the number two back this year. He's got that speed. He does have the change of pace. I think Madison, you get a grinder coming in. But I think O'Connell's going to like the fact that Wangwu is crazy in space. He really is. He yeah. was at Iowa State. 
All he needs is to juke one guy and he's gone. He didn't get enough playing time last year. And I'm not ripping on Madison. I like Maddie, but I think there's just more. He, get, he brings more to the table. Madison reminds me of Leroy Horde. He's just a good, dependable guy. He'll get you four or five yards. He'll break an occasional decent run, but I, I don't think anybody considers Madison like a home run hitter like Dalvin Cook or, or Wang. The Vikings are going to be saying goodbye to guys that are going to make a lot of fans sad or angry because there are some fan favorites that are not going to be back next year. With that, then, let's go in case we decide at some point things happen and the Vikings now have to look at the draft to replenish their running back group. Let's pull up the Drew Big Board. Let's talk about the running backs, Ted, because I had a great time researching and getting ready for the running backs this week. I think I like this running back class. I do. I'd like it probably a lot more on this top end, guys, if Cook wasn't going to be here. This would definitely be looking at a guy, one of these guys to replace him. I had a tough time leaving some guys off, and I know people are going to be angry. Pierre Strong, Jr. from South Dakota State. Julius Chestnut, I wanted to make it. Master Teague, Isaiah Pacheco from Rutgers. None of those guys made it. They're right on the fringe. They all could have had the 15th spot. But we always look at last year first to start us out, Ted, before we get to the Drew Big Board. Last year, Ted, 19 running backs drafted. Two in the first round, one in the second round, one in the third. So that means out of the 19, 15 were drafted in rounds four through seven, which proves your point, what you talked about earlier, running backs, just a guy. Yeah. Most GMs are trying to, they're waiting. They're waiting to rounds four. They're trying to wait and get the gem in the draft, like what Terrell Davis, Ahmad Bradshaw, Alfred Morris was a late draft pick. Those guys are trying to find that guy. Najee Harris, the guy from the Steelers. I had him on my fantasy team, did very well. Got me to the fantasy football championship game. Hashtag nobody cares about your fantasy team. Ted cannot hold his smoke. Ted cannot hold his smoke. That's what it is. There was only four drafted in the first three rounds that I just mentioned. I think that could balloon up to eight or ten this year. I think there could be ten guys taken in the first three rounds, which would double what they had last year in the first couple of rounds because I think it's a more talented group, and I think there's a lot of guys that are change of pace guys, third down guys. Tell me about Brees Hall, your, your top guy, your numero uno honcho dude. Let's throw my board up there. There's the board. There's the Drew Big Board for the running backs. Brees Hall, Iowa State, 6'1", 220, the second fastest guy out of my top 15, Ted. He runs a 4'3'9". The dude is built. He's going to be a workhorse running back. He's going to be a fantastic running back. He's got receiving skills, caught 36 passes out of the backfield. I loved watching his tape. I watched like an hour and a half of him playing. Really? It's incredible to watch this guy play. Two-time Big 12 Offensive Player of the Year, Ted. Only two more times than I was named Big 12 Offensive Player of the Year. There's only been three guys in the history of the Big 12 that's won the Offensive Player of the Year twice. You get 100 bucks if you can name each one. I can't. One liked weed and living in a tent. Okay. And he was Mike Ditka's apple of his eye in the draft. Ricky Williams. Ricky Williams. The other one was Jason White, quarterback of Oklahoma, and the great Baker Mayfield. He was a two-time winner. Oh, okay. Three seasons for Brees Hall, Ted, 36 games, holds every Iowa State record there is. Played with Wenwu, 800 touches over his Iowa State career, 4,600 yards and 56 touchdowns. That's a lot. That's a lot of wear and tear. That's a lot of wear and tear, and that's something I wanted to talk to you. I had it on my bad list is something. Is it too much wear and tear? Now, Jonathan Taylor had 160 more touches at, at Wisconsin. He had 960 touches at Wisconsin. And we know what Jonathan Taylor did yeah. with the Colts. But yeah. is it going to be like McCaffrey? Remember his start? Yeah. Now he's now he's, he's hurt. Yeah, he's hurt a lot. 
he's not doing so good. He had over 250 carries in each of his last two seasons with Iowa State. 21 rushing touchdowns in 2020 and 20 last season. 41 rushing wow. touchdowns over two years. The guy's a workhorse prototype workhorse back. Whoever gets him, we plug him in there week one, and he's going to be running all over people. Now, your, your next guys on your list, Kenneth Walker and Isaiah Spiller. You, yes. You know, Walker is either a first-round guy or second-round guy, and Spiller is a second-round guy. Do you have these guys ranked down because of talent or because of the overall devaluation of the running back position? I have them one, two, and three. It's all really close. These are the three guys, the premier workhorse guys in the entire running back class. And you could probably go Spiller one, Walker two, Brees Hall three if you wanted to. It's really close between all three of them. Kenneth Walker just had a fantastic year for Michigan State. Five touchdown game against my Wolverines, so I saw it firsthand. If I was a GM, I would draft Kenneth Walker with my first-round pick simply because he scored five touchdowns against Michigan and (laughs) punked you. The only real drawback on Walker, he had the two years at Wake Forest and then the fantastic year with Michigan State. Mm-hmm. I mean, 13 of his uh, 32 college games were over 100 yards rushing. That's nuts. The last year, he won the Doak Walker and the Walter Camp Award. He was sixth in the Heisman running. Like I said, that guy's change of pace and vision is really good. Not like Brees Hall. Brees Hall is three years already into the league. That guy's got a ton of experience at running the football. Brees Hall okay. is going to be a very good running back. This guy needs more work. And really, Kenneth Walker has no blocking skill. He doesn't know how to read blitz packages. Not, he doesn't have any blocking skills. He didn't learn any of that at Michigan State. <laughs> so that might turn off some NFL teams. Well, geez, now that Mel Tucker's making $90 million, maybe he'll take the running back on a pass block. I'm just, I'm just saying. $93 million from Mel Tucker. You can stick him in there three down back right off the bat too, Ted. And the same with Isaiah Spiller. He is really, really good. Top three guys are going to be playing right out of the gate. Isaiah Spiller, fifth in the SEC in rushing last year. 1,100 yards, 1,600 yard games with his career with the Aggies. Another guy that just has incredible vision and it gets tougher as the game goes along. What I look for in my backs, Ted, the guys who get tougher as the games go along, a lot of these guys pick up the majority of their yards in the third and fourth quarter, like Kenneth Walker. I like that. I also like the guys that are patient enough to let the play develop and then take off. That's what Dalvin Cook's good at. Dalvin Cook, as you know, he does that perimeter run with maybe only one blocker, and he's moving at a kind of a slow speed, and then he just takes off. Yeah. That's what these top three guys are really good at. I put Brees Hall number one because he can score the 80-yard touchdowns more than these other two guys. But football-wise, they're all going to be good. So the Vikings are probably not going to be in the market for one of those three guys. So we're looking at Kieran Williams on down as we get into the third, fourth, even even later round. If there's a guy in there, and if you believe Kevin O'Connell is going to bring that same quote-unquote just-a-guy philosophy, it would be one of these guys from like maybe maybe even farther back from like Damian Pierce on down. Who's the best year rest? The guy I, I want the Vikings to really seriously take a look at that's kind of flying under the radar is the number eight guy on my list. I love this dude, Ted. He was actually mm-hmm. the first guy I watched tape on. Runs a four four five. He's got the speed to hit the big gainers. I mean, he had three kind of ho-hum seasons there at Missouri, and then he just blew up. How about this? How about these numbers, Ted? 268 rushes, 1,612 yards, and 14 touchdowns. It's pretty good numbers. Caught 54 passes for 330 yards and four more TDs at Missouri. He caught a pass in every game that he played at Missouri. I think he's got the best receiving skills out of any back in this draft. Okay. He is a great receiver out of the backfield. And I know that can go a long way when you're looking at 
trying to get a job in the NFL because you can't just be the running guy anymore. You got to be able to catch the ball in the backfield. So what's his weakness? Maybe dancing in the backfield and taking too long. Maybe he uses his patience a little too long because he gets caught in the backfield. The good thing about Kenneth Walker is, I don't even seen that Michigan game. Kenneth Walker has the ability to see the problem before it gets there and then turn around and get out of trouble. Yep. I don't think he has that ability okay. right now, Beatty, but I would like to have that guy carrying the football with, for me, you know. Also needs to work on breaking tackles a little more. That's another thing I look at. When you can't get away from the first tackle, that's a problem when you're running back, especially in the NFL. you got to be able to break those tackles in the backfield or at least juke around them. The two best at breaking tackles this year on my list were Kenneth Walker. He had 89, and Brees Hall had 74. Okay. So he put Brees Hall with the speed. The only thing about Brees Hall is the wear and tear. But, you know, you're not going to get him if you're not taking him with pick 12. Which if I can, if you're not taking a running back, you're not going to get him anyway. So uh, Kennedy Brooks I like. Jerome Ford, he's one of the slower guys in the draft, but he's very consistent, and he's he could also catch the ball in the backfield and a great blocker. Bring up your boy, Hassan Haskins. You got him on your list. Hassan Haskins, the touchdown machine. He's more of a Madison between the tackles. He's got good vision at the next level, as you've seen in that Ohio State game. He's also got something not a lot of Michigan players could say. He's got to win against Ohio State. I knew, Tootsies, I knew it. I knew we were not going to get through the segment without it. No, but you're seeing that guy, when he gets yeah. past the line of scrimmage, he is very difficult to not only bring down, but Haskins is just to run the ball, get you 12 yards, get you five yards. He doesn't do anything really special, so I couldn't put him up any higher than what he was. But inside the five-yard line, that's the guy in this whole list besides Brees Hall that I'm giving it to. Which guy besides Hassan Haskins would you like, or you could say Haskins, which guy would you like the Vikings to target if they go running back in the middle rounds? You know what? I like Dalvin Cook's brother, Ted. And not just because it's Dalvin Cook and I'm being a homer. I think James Cook, if that guy drops and you can get a value on him, that guy had to share carries with Zamir White. Zamir White actually got more carries than James Cook. They were a tandem committee type thing with the Bulldogs. Mm -hmm. But James Cook, amazing speed. That guy's a mismatch nightmare. The way he can break off chunk yards and then keep going on the same drive, you can give it to him seven times in a row and he's not going to slow down. So I like James Cook. That's why I have him number six on my list. Probably not going to fall. Probably he's going to go higher than that. Either that or maybe his running partner, Zamir White, who I have at 13. Both those guys are fantastic running backs. If there is a guy that falls in your top four or five, who would it be? Probably Robinson because he's slow. Okay. He's still a great running back for Alabama, and he comes from a long line of Alabama running backs, but they usually do pretty well. I don't think any of them are going to fall. I think all the way up to number eight is going to be drafted by the second or third round. Wow, that's a lot. That is a lot. I mean, what we have last year, four after four, three. Yeah. Like I said, I had to leave five guys off this list that could have easily been in the last spot that Algier took with BYU. Yeah, you, you should have put Master Teague there, but I'm not complaining. If there's like a true Leroy Horde clone, it's Master Teague. He would break runs in college that I don't think he will in the NFL. He's, he's like a four or five yard guy. As we wrap this up, let me ask you one final question about the running back position for the Vikings total this is a multiple choice question drew bunting okay in 2022 the minnesota vikings running backs will be a dalvin cook alexander madison and kenny wangwu b a free agent alexander madison kenny wangwu c alexander madison kenny wangwu and a rookie or d something else completely i feel like bender right now i have no idea how to remember any of that <laughs> Cook, Wang Wu, Madison, 
and one of these guys on my top 15 is going to get drafted. I think it's going to be Cook, Madison, and Wagner. I would be surprised if they draft one at this point. I mean, we still got to wait to see how free agency and everything plays out. I would think it would maybe they'll sign a couple kids as undrafted free agents and see how that goes. But I don't see them making a huge makeover at the running back position this offseason. Next year, I, I think they will. But this year, I think it's going to be pretty static. We'll see how it goes. All right, that does it for our running back position. We are going to go ahead and take a quick commercial break, and we will be back to wrap the show up with trivia. Beware the Jetherman, my dear, when the moon is fat. of jadders. But schnapps, though sweet, has teeth, my love, and sharpened ones at that. the Jadar man, my dear, when the moon is fat. Jadar Batia Mets Okshnaps. I will not be made a fool of. Toilet thing hanging out of his pants. What a... <laughs> never, never dick burning. What about Carl? You guys all laugh at me. I look through all your stuff every day. I look through your lockers. <laughs> Carl, the janitor. Are you going to talk about Breakfast Club the whole time, or, or are you going to let me do trivia? Sorry, Chances. Chances? How does one become in the custodial arts? How does one get a career in the custodial arts? Okay, sorry. It is now 5.20 p.m. You have exactly eight hours and 54 minutes to think about why you are here. To ponder <laughs> the air of your ways. <laughs> Are you ready? Tunes, we're always ready. Yes. All right. This week, our categories are finish the quote, breakfast club style, Viking running back quotes, and Viking running back draft. Let's start with breakfast club for 100. Finish this. Don't mess with the bull, young man. You'll get the horns. <laughs> Boom. Good job. <laughs> you had said that earlier, so I knew you were going to get that. Excuse me, sir. Why would somebody want to steal a screw? Shut up! <laughs> All right, for 200. You want to know what I did to get in here? Nothing. What does Ali Sheedy say after that? I had nothing better to do? Correct! Yes! yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man! We're going to roll it, Ted! We're rolling, rolling, rolling through this category! All right, for 300. Screws fall out all the time. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> Screws fall all the time. The world, was it? The world's in a perfect place. If he gets up, gets up we'll all get up. It'll be this. <laughs> if he gets up, it'll be anarchy. If he gets up, we'll all get up. It'll be anarchy. All right, 400. Andrew Clark, if I lose my temper, you're totaled, man. Bender, totally? He said totally back. Totally total, I think, isn't it? 
Totally, yeah. <laughs> Dude, Ted and I rock this category. All right, for the sweep, Claire says her name is Claire. It's a family name. John says, oh, it's a blank girl's name. Oh, uh, it's a it's a rich girl's name? Yeah. If it's not rich, it's like a cinema. No, no, he says it's an old lady's name. That's when he's talking about an old lady. Well, it's either that or Ted says the rich. It's a fat girl's name. Oh, um. I don't remember that one, but okay. All right, Viking running back quotes. Who was Dalvin Cook talking about when he said, he's a terrific athlete. He just does some different things, man. He's playing with so much confidence right now. That's how he carries himself around the building. Jefferson? I'll go with that, yeah. Good job, Good job. Drew. Well done. Thank you. Thank you. All right. I wasn't sure if you guys were going to get that. For 200, who said, resilience is what I'm all about. I run angry. Football allows me to take out some of my pain on the field. Adrian Peterson, maybe? Boom. Yeah, Ted. Ted, you're not you're not farmer Ted either. <laughs> you're not farmer Ted. You're football Ted. All right, 300. Who said, I might have had one or two more good years in me, but it wouldn't have been worth the price of playing? Robert Smith. Yes, good. Ted? on fire dude 400 who said this is a long one that's what she said i think my versatility defined my career more than one single play did i could do things <laughs> other guys couldn't do i could go out for a pass and catch a ball with one hand behind my head nobody else could do that i was the first guy to be used in the backfield as a receiving threat chuck foreman the spin doctor chuck foreman how'd you guys know that how could we not know that you know why because you ain't gonna blaze up in here wastoid <laughs> <laughs> Drew, when, when she asks this question, I'll create the diversion. I'll start hitting the locker locks. I want to be an airborne ranger. <laughs> All right, for 500, who called himself the SOD? Ontario Smith. <laughs> Boom, you swept the category. <laughs> so out of 10, we've got nine right. Yeah. That is correct. Now, the running backs raft category. You're going to see a year and a college, and you just tell me who the player was. 2014, Georgia Southern. Jerk McKinnon. I want to be in the Air Force. Bender, what are you doing? For 200, 2010, Stanford. Toby Gerhardt. Toby Gerhardt. Yes. Nice. All right. For 300, 2005, Florida. Seatric Faison. Yes. All right. 400. Moelle Day Moore. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> 2000 Marshall. Oh, the guy that played with Randy Moss. Chapman. Chapman was his last Holy name. Holy cow, yes. Doug Chapman. Well done, Drew. I had no idea on that one. That was awesome. 14 out of 15. Thanks for playing with you guys. We'll see you next week. Thank you, Tunces. Thanks, Tunces. All right. I love trivia. That's Ted. pretty good. That's, we did pretty good tonight, man. That's better than the last <laughs> couple times. You were knocking them out, brother. We were looking at like another six weeks of detention <laughs> Boy, it was you want another one you want another one are you done no <laughs> how about now no there's another one you finished not even close bud <laughs> oh all right anyways that about do it for episode 53 Tunes, thanks for the trivia and everything you do. Folks, thanks for watching. Thanks for subscribing. Thanks for listening. If you download the podcast form, if, if you would, go ahead and like it and subscribe on our YouTube page. It's been a hell of a lot of fun. Like I, I say this every week, but I, I mean it. I just really appreciate the fact that people tune in and 
are entertained by by the information we give you. Hopefully, make you laugh a little bit. Can't wait as the off season rolls along. Start rolling in with some contests. We'll bring Chris Gates on for a couple of live shows before the draft. Maybe do another call in thing. And then we got our big big two night draft a Palooza extravaganza. First two nights of the draft. Looking forward to that. So, anyways, thanks again for everything you do, Tunes. Thanks for everything you do, Drew. Drew, take us home. Thank you, Ted. Great, great job again hosting. You always do a great job. You carry this game plan, my friend. We got a lot of stuff coming up. Next week, we're going to get to the wide receivers. Hope you like the draft stuff this week and all the running back talk. We had fun doing it. Thank you, Tunes, for keeping us in order and making this whole thing work because without you, it wouldn't. I'm going to say, say good night, Ted. And then we're going to leave it out with something special. Good night, Ted. Dear Mr. Goodell, we accept the fact that we had to sacrifice a whole Saturday in detention for whatever it was we did wrong. But we think you're crazy to make us write an essay telling you who we think we are. And you see us as you want to see us. In the simplest terms, with the most convenient definitions. But what we found out is that each one of us is a helicopter pilot. A bass player. A talking cat. Football rubes. And Viking fans. Sincerely yours. The Vikings Report Club.